forever. Dog. He was cruel and a prince also. This week on the podcast, The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction, or this month, fantasy. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And this week we are discussing The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. It didn't have a tagline, so we made one up, um, and we want to know what you guys thought of it. And like, should we pursue a career in making taglines for books? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you have a book that doesn't have a long line? Do you want one that was made in one second? Logline for you. (laughs) Um, Kelly and Kay Ty's Logline Co. You didn't have one, but now you do. So (laughs) if you need a tagline, just call 1 800 T A G L I N E. (laughs) Is that (laughs) right? The number? It it is. It's the number. It's the number. It's the number of numbers, and that's how you know it's quality. If you call that number, a man named Jeff will answer. He will demand that you give him your first, last name, and your social security number. Do so, or else you will be eliminated. Um, so we did. Oh, we covered boy. the Cruel Prince. We did. Um, and this is the first book in the series. I think it's a do. What is it called? Instead of a trilogy, it's like do do. Uh, Duology. 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 Uh, the folk of the air. Sequel. Mm-hmm. The sequel, Folk of the Air. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what this the series is. The yeah. couplet is the couplet titled. Yeah, I see. Um, I mean, if you if your fantasy book doesn't have a sequel, is it even a fantasy book? Exactly. That's the question. Um, do you like extremely attractive fairies and? really yummy sounding food and oh my the God, Mary Sue trope where everybody <laughs> wants to fuck the main character. This book is for you. This book and, is very much for you. And guess what? This book is for me. <laughs> <laughs> this book is to a lesser extent for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I know fantasy isn't your jam. Well, apparently new fantasy isn't really my jam. Right, right, right. Um, I was saying, like, in the future, when we have another fantasy month, we need to do, and I can't believe I didn't think of it this time, because it would have been perfect, we mm. need to do Neverending Story, Yeah, and we need to do The Last Unicorn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and think- we need to do every single Lord of the Rings book. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with The Hobbit. You know what? Ending with The Cimmerillion. I... Can't make myself read one of those books. I'm so sorry. I, I actually did read The Hobbit and I enjoyed it. Well, and then I started to read Lord of the Rings and I like zed out. Yeah, that's the thing. The Hobbit actually is not too bad because it's a shorter. And um, I think it really was for children. Yeah. And it was just like, like a little more fun because of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Lord of the Rings is like, get ready for an adventure. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not ready. I don't. Uh, I cannot I think it was make myself all the songs that oh that I started to check. And I I would be willing to try to read it again. What I don't like modern fantasy, it isn't even. It's not the war. It's the tropes. The uh-huh. tropes are too 
established. Mm-hmm. Chosen one. Chosen one. I'm. Eh, she's not that chosen one in this. Oh no, no, not. I was just saying in so general. That, she's not chosen one in this. Um, but like of a hated race or class, mm. evil system of government, mm-hmm. magic that either the character doesn't have access to or is the most good at, mm-hmm. and enemies and everybody else wanting to fuck her Mm -hmm. or them Mm -hmm. i want people to stop doing this here's the thing i'm okay with it keep doing it i i'm i'm here for it i I, here's the thing i and god bless you if you like it because the this era is for you yeah it's not for me yeah um i was okay like here's the I think I would have been annoyed if this story was about um, her sister who, uh, let me see here, Vivi, mm-hmm. who is like kind of postulated to be the chosen one-ish, right? Which is like the uh, the heir to this, um, and she doesn't know that she's going to be the heir to basically the world of fairy uh because her mom is a human and she ran away with her as an infant uh, after she uh, was like married to and birthed Vivi through sex with. <laughs> wow, what a roundabout via, way to say that. Uh, in a circu- circuitous path <laughs> via uh, sexual organs. Sexual organs uh, brought forth. Yes. A child. Brought forth a child this world. named Vivi. Uh, and like if the f- story had followed Vivi, I would have been like. This is just so. It could have, yeah. If it were those circumstances for a main character, it very easily could have been like chosen one. I'm going to save the fairy world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, liked, but it's not. The thing is, I I liked the writing in this for sure, and I can't. I am. It's very hard for me to resist a bad boy loving the yeah. main character and being like broody, and also like being so powerful. But he's obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Like that's like catnip. To it's you. like a yes. It is a combo of Angel and Spike. And how am I going to say no to that? How can you say no? I can't. You can't. Um, but I was a little more checked out. Although I did appreciate the descriptions of food. They were really yummy. Sounding. It reminded me. I should have. Hi- how much? How many of those did I highlight? I think I started to highlight all of them, and then I was like, I've lost. <laughs> This is going to be the whole book. Because as I said to you, it's like every time she enters a room, there has to be food immediately present. Yeah. She has to eat food when she gets there. And the food has to be described. And outfits have to be described at all times. We have to know what the characters are wearing at all times. And everything is described very well. But every time it happened, I laughed. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, there were so many times. She's a good writer. She's a very good writer. And I feel like... um, I was like, all right, some more food. Great. She she (laughs) captures also, like... I I felt like the main character... I, I identified a lot with this main character. Who, like, there were so many moments that I felt like were so heartbreaking and really cool. Like, there was a... So basically, the main character, the person that we see the uh, the story through through the through her eyes, is um uh fuck what's her name Jude, 
Yes. So Jude and oh God, what is her name? <laughs> Jude and her twin sister Taryn are like the human sisters to Vivi. And when they're very little children, the king of I mean, he's not the king of the fairies. He's like uh, he's some kind of powerful guy. He, he's like around the king. Um, he's a guard or a general. Or- yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, he's a general. Um, uh, he comes into the human world, try demands that uh, that their mother return Vivi to him because Vivi is his heir. She refuses. Their dad tries to fight him. He is God. He is a, a war general of fairies. He like takes him down in a second, kills everybody, and then except for the kids, and then takes the kids, uh, and raises them in the realm of fairy. And Jude and Taryn, um are human and he has demanded that they be treated like fae so that means that they have to go to get the same education like they ha- get to wear like nice clothes and they're ki- it's kind of um like uh inside versus outside uh slavery kind of where they're kept you know in nice clothes and all that but like they have really no rights um and cuz humans in the fae world are slaves and they're like in they're tricked well some of the some of the fairies are chill but like most of them will like trick them with like fruit of the fair of the fae which is like super yummy grapes (laughs) yeah apples and grapes uh Um, it's a yeah it's a drug that they just keep them enslaved with yeah and like they're either imagining that they're living a life of luxury but really they're like rolling in shit or like it's just like they're against their will, except for Jude and Taryn. And it's interesting how like Jude and Taryn both kind of see this, uh, their way out of this, dep- of this oppression, which is like Jude is like, I am going to prove myself. Like they're both like, at first, I'm going to work within the system to get out of this. Right. Like Taryn's like, I'm just going to marry a, an elf or mm. elf, a, a uh, fairy. fairy, which Oh my, like how frustrating was Taryn? Very frustrating, but I also really understood where she was coming from. Exactly. What are you going to do? Every, everybody. You have every, to survive. Yeah. And everybody, and, and she knows what she has to offer. And she's like, I don't have the same type of personality that Jude has. Like I would not, I, I don't, I wouldn't fare well trying to be a warrior so I'm going to try and marry my way into fairy kingdom. And like, that's the only way out of what we have. And Jude is like, well, I'm going to be a knight. And Vivian, who Vivi is the is the um, the one who's actually of the uh, world, like half of the fairy. world. She's like, well, I have I have the protection of being fairy. So I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. Um. But so we, we're, we're seeing through Jude's eyes. And Jude is, has, okay, first of all, all of the Fae want to fuck Jude. Everybody. Because she's, Mm -hmm. here's the thing, we never find out what she looks like, except for that she has brown hair. Yeah, she doesn't do that thing where it's like, well, I guess you could say I have green eyes and. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we never find out except for that. Uh, Which I appreciate. Brown hair. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it never does that weird, like, explanation um, everybody else is described in great detail, but and they're all her. hot, hot, hot. And she never, she also never does the like, 
what me be beautiful? I couldn't. How? Yeah. Um, yeah, it just just describes like how she feels. Mm-hmm. And, and there's and it there describes is a, what she's wearing. There is a point where she like sees Taryn and she's like, oh, Taryn's beautiful. And they're twins. And she's like, oh, Taryn's beautiful. Like, I see why she her like method of doing this is to marry somebody. Uh, and she's like, but I don't feel like I look like her because like Taryn's gentle and I'm not, which I felt was an OK way to 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 say that. Yeah, like she carries herself with grace and and Jude doesn't know how. Right. Um, um I'm looking for some some great some food. Some food oh yeah, descriptions. yeah, yeah. I actually didn't highlight anything. That sounds crazy. That sounds very unlike you. That sounds very crazy, but I can't find it. So hmm. um all right. So there's also so their father Maddox has remarried a fairy named Oriana, and they have a son named Oak. And Oak is like, what, five? Yeah, he's little. Seven at most. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oak's a little scamp who has magic and can, like, control Jude and Taryn, but, like, doesn't really know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything maliciously. He's just, like, a little kid, and he thinks it's, like, funny to make his sister slap themselves in the face for, like, yeah. hours on end. Yeah. Um, but like that's the kind of life they have where even like these innocent even the innocent can like control them. Yeah. In a way that they just can't fight back against. They have to wear like protective uh like berries and shit around their necks. Yeah, and wear their socks inside out. <laughs> um and like put salt in all their food because that protects them from glamours and stuff. Um I liked all the descriptions of the classes that they take. Oh, my God. Yes. One of the classes is in uh, composition of riddles. (laughs) Yeah. And and like one of their teachers is from the House of Termites. (laughs) Yeah. Very funny. Um, There's a moment. And this is like such a minor moment compared to like all the other moments that she has with the group of mean kids. Because there's a group of mean. uh, mean I keep saying elves. Fairies. Fairies. Um, and the leader of them is uh, Cardin. And Cardin is like, so, like, they're all beautiful, right? Like, he's super handsome. He's also, like, got a tail, which I was like, mm, pass. Uh, and he is, like, very cruel. And then there's Valerian, who's, like, obsessed with violence and, like, wants to kill everybody. And then there's Nicasia, who used to be dating Cardin. And she, uh, like, is a princess of the undersea. So, like, she is very proud of her lineage and is just kind of, like, snooty, snooty girl. And then there's Locke, who, like, has a fox-looking face. Like, he's he has a fox attitude. Um, and he's kind of a little more kind to her, which, like... Which, like, the second he's kind to her, I'm like, fuck off, you're the real bad guy. Yep, I knew it. That was I knew another he was trope bad. where I'm like, oh, I can see right through this, and it's going to play out exactly how I think it is, and it did. Yeah, like, the second that Taryn was like, there's an elf who wants to marry me, but he told me I can't tell anyone. I was like, it's Locke. It's Locke, it's Locke and he's going to fuck your sister. Yep. And, and then I, I really did sympathize with Taryn because she is, like, so... 
resigned to the world that they live in. She's like, yeah, I guess I'm going to go watch my future fiance seduce my sister and I'm not going to say anything because uh, this is the world we live in and I have to use what currency I have. Yeah. It's and she even sad. She even like partially believes, right, because of the power dynamic where Locke is uh, uh, Faye and she's not. He And he's like, um, I'm just like testing your love for me. Like, would you still love me if I like went and like fucked your sister? And she is like, mm, I guess because she's like, yes. he doesn't love like <laughs> like we do. And I was like, girl, no, it's very secret girlfriend. Yes. I mean, it couldn't be any more of a parallel to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's just like waiting around while it happens. And she also a problem with the betrayal of Jude in that way is that there was an incident like Jude has decided to go full, burn all the bridges, salt the earth um, yeah. by waging war with the mean kids. And and then they rope Taryn into it, too, as her twin. And Jude insists that Taryn, like, publicly denounce her, refuse to help her in any way, and just side with the fairies. And so I think, or am I mistaken, or was I reading too much into it, that that plays into her not telling Jude what's going on with Locke? Yeah, I think it does. <clears throat> I think there's that, I and I think it's also way. her not wanting to make Locke angry like it's it's very it's um yeah i think it's like 80 percent that telling her not to like them being like you can't help her and her being like okay well i need to protect myself yeah yeah because like oh there's a moment so so you speaking of her like deciding of, of jude deciding to you know burn it all down there's so many moments that are so heartbreaking in this that are like one is when they shove both of the twins into the water and there's like these like piranha fairies. <laughs> yeah, they're like <laughs> basically like drowners. Like they're just like evil, yeah, piranha things. And But they're fairies. Uh, and they are going to grab them and pull them under if you move too much. And so Jude, and, Jude jumps in to try and save Taryn and Cardin, I think to... In, in a twisted way to prove to Jude that Taryn's loyalties lie elsewhere because he was like, okay, Taryn, come here. I'll, I'll help you out and I'll leave you alone if you promise that you don't, you will not help your sister. Declare it right now in front of all of us. And Jude is sitting there in the water, like trying to stay still so that these like creatures don't get her, watching her sister promise and she insists that Taryn promise that. Yeah, she's like, do she it. doesn't want her war against them to hurt Taryn. Exactly. So I think the the things that I loved about this book are the like the deeply flawed love between all these characters. Because even between Jude and Maddox, who's her adopted father, I really liked the nuance of their relationship. Oh my god, me too. Me too. Because even as she's explaining it, she's like, yeah, I loved him in a weird way. but Because he did act as, it's like he murdered her parents, but did act as a loyal father to them. And, and seems to regret her it. in her, in, in learning to fight. He mm -hmm. is like proud of her dedication to living in the world. Um, he can never gain 
Vivi's love because Vivi doesn't need his protection. Exactly. Um, but he wants Vivi's love. Yeah. He's not unfeeling. Yeah. They're well, just like even after evil he... mythical creatures. They may as well be Greek gods. Like they're just very vengeful. Yes. They're very fickle. They they love fiercely but without loyalty. Yes. <laughs> um or their own weird twisted sense of loyalty. Like, like I know it's best for all you. All over the place. Yeah. Basically immortal. Uh, power grabs, undermining the whole gamut. Yeah. Because like there's, you know, she even in her flashback to when she was a child and he, you know, due to his nature, his like vengeful uh, fairy nature just kills her parents. She sees that he regrets it in the second that he does it. But then he like moves on from it. And he also like. I also thought it was interesting to find out later that Ter- or, yeah, Taryn and Jude's father used yeah. to live in the fairy world. He made the mm-hmm. swords mm-hmm. that they used. He was like an amazing swordsmith. And then they ran off together. And Maddox actually had a huge, a lot of love for the father, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, well, you ran and that has to be punished. Right. That's the thing is that there is this like fairy code. I like the nuances. Yeah. Where they're like, "Mm, I love you, but you did do this thing. So I do have to smite you down. (laughs) Um, And I also liked the how he. So what do you want from me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm Zeus. When he was like. um, So. So Jude announces that she she's going to be competing in this um, like. Basically approving. Yeah. Like a tournament event. And if you wear like a green sash, that means that you are putting yourself up to be a knight for anybody in the court. And uh, the current, she wants to be a knight for the current uh, ruling class. And Maddox is like, "Mm, maybe just wait until the crowning and then you can do like whatever you want. But like you can fight in there, but like don't be a knight just yet. And she's like, fuck, like, you're not going to let me be a knight. I've been training so hard. And he's like, no, like, you can't just like, just wait. Maybe just and like it, next year. Like, maybe just like live each day like it's your last. And we don't know. I had no idea that there was actually a plan behind that. Me neither. Because um, his plan is he's he's plotting to overthrow the the line of succession. Because yeah. the like king of fairyland, King Eldritch, I think. Eldred, yeah. Eldred? Yeah, is Eldred, Eldred is going to name. Eldred's the king or Dane. Eldritch? Who's- Eldred. Oh, Eldritch like- is like, um, is is like Lovecraft shit. <laughs> um, um, oh, yeah. Balekin is the evil firstborn. Okay. Yeah. So King Eldred. Is on the throne. He feels like dying. He's sleepy, but also he's, he's like, like been getting pressure enough. from other people. Like yeah, they're like, and also aren't like, you old? <laughs> like aren't you like kind of tired, Dad? <laughs> um, and he's going to pass it down to his son Dane, who we had feelings about Dane. We did have feelings about. Dane. We had some very complicated I kind of bad Dane. feelings about Dane. Huh? <laughs> I liked Dane. I was Me too. into Dane. Me too. Really um, into Dane. <laughs> Because he was not a bully, but he wasn't good. 
I liked that he was a powerful. (laughs) Yeah. I like that he was powerful and he was smart and that he was conniving. I did like those things. And everyone's hot. So that means he was hot. He was hot. And also like he saw something special in Jude. And Mm -hmm. like, was he using her? Who cares? (laughs) So the plan is it was supposed to go to Dane. Well, Uh we know he's using her. It's just like it also feels like a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. No, it is. Because he's like, you're special. Is that grooming? Yes. It's fine. It's he. I mean, he was very upfront about. Like, you're going to be a spy for me. You do whatever I say, and you will be granted privileges in return. It's like, well, um, I mean, she knows what she's getting. Yeah. So it's supposed to go to Dane, but the older prince, Prince Balkin, he's plotting to cut into that line of succession, take it for himself. Maddox is going to gonna back him in that play and so when Maddox is telling Jude at the beginning of the book "Mm, don't fight just yet he's basically like behind the scenes he's like well I can just appoint you a knight yeah down the line so like don't embarrass yourself right now when I'm gonna have so much more power pretty soon but like she doesn't know that I I I love that so much of Maddox like acts of service in his like love language are I know better than you let me just do this like shut up and let me just do this mm-hmm. um which is very complicated it's a very father knows best attitude yeah and also father's a murderer and also father's a murderer um so yeah so i would like and you have no indication of that in the beginning which is where like the good writing comes into play you just think that maddox being like controlling and racist yeah and that he's just like thinks she'll be an embarrassment, which he does, but for different reasons than what we think. Yeah. Not that she's not good, but that the odds are stacked against her. Yeah. He like respects also, her, but he knows that she has limitations that she just like, that's a fact of life. She's She doesn't have access to magic. Right. Well, and he's also thinking, okay, if she's like being appointed a knight of this king that I'm going to overthrow, like that's, that's a problem. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> So, oh, the, the, but I, I am to, supposedly loyal to that king, and so yes. I can't like tip my yes. hand. Yes. So there was, it's interesting. So, it's nuanced. So the bully Faye are Locke, Valerian, Nicasia, and um, Cardin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Cardin's that moment, broody bad boy. That is like extremely like obviously in love with sexually Jude. Sexually obsessed with Jude. Is like sexually obsessed. Like I I love that trope. What Me I too. cannot handle is the main character being like, why was he looking at me with those boner eyes? He must really hate me. Like, there is what? a moment that like, you and I no. laughed so hard. Because she discovers. So, so she's been at this point. So like her dad's working behind the scenes to make sure the crown doesn't go to Dane. Meanwhile, Dane shows up at their manor castle. I don't know. I forget what they call it. Manor, I think. And yeah. secretly enlists Jude to become a spy because one, she can fight. Mm-hmm. And two, humans can lie. Fairies can't lie. Yeah. They can try to like talk their way around the truth. Mm-hmm. They can omit. They can like mm-hmm. say things that are technically true, but, but it's misleading. on the face of it. Yeah. Seem like yeah. it means something else. But humans can outright lie. And so she can just walk into anywhere and they're like, why are you here? And she can be like to help. And they go, okay. 
<laughs> oh my god can we quickly talk about the moment that she thinks it's fucking Cardin in the office and because they're like oh the prince is here to see you and she's like oh so she stomps in and instead it's mr emotionally withholding dane <laughs> it's emotionally withholding daddy dane and i'm sorry zaddy dane <laughs> zaddy dane when he asked her to lie for him oh my god He's like, do it again. And she does. And I was like, oh, my God, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's a moment in the book where I was like, okay. (laughs) Hello, Dane. (laughs) Yeah. I was hoping more was going to happen with Dane. More does not happen with Dane. It's okay. It doesn't happen. There is that moment, though, that is supposed to signify his, like, that his, his true intentions are, like, not great for her. But I was like... But hello, sexual tension when he's like, stab your hand. And she <laughs> and she does. And then, and then he's, he's like holding oh. it. And he's holding her her hand. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna look for the moment where uh it turns out to be Dane and he's asking her to be a spy. But I did find Please. maybe one of the best examples of food description. Please. And it's early on in the book. Um, at dinner, we sit at a massive table carved along all four sides with images of piping fawns and dancing imps. Fat, wi- fat wax pillar candles burn at the center beside a carved stone vase full of wood sorrel. Servants bring us silver plates piled with food. We eat fresh broad beans, venison with scattered pomegranate seeds, grilled brown trout with butter, a salad of bitter herbs, and for after, raisin cakes smothered in apple syrup. Maddock and Oriana drink canary wine. We children mix ours with water. Next to my plate and Terrence is a bowl of salt. Vivi pokes at her venison and then licks blood from her knife. Like that, yeah. that food, you guys have to understand that food description happens. I swear to God, every time she enters any room. And when she's like distraught, People are eating and I'm like, girl, you need to eat your breakfast. But then she just has tea and then her tummy hurts. <laughs> she has like sorrel tea or. or oh, yeah. She or has her like fennel tea. And I'm tea. like, girl, but you need to have some bread or something. At I least like have a how slice. She starts. She like pulls a princess bride. Oh, that's another fantasy. We should do 80s fantasy month. Like at the oh, beginning be of 2021, maybe. I need a break. Yeah, um, need a break. She starts slowly poisoning herself like she's building up an immunity to a poison that she then uses on Maddox. she's literally poisoning herself with like eight poisons for a while with like so many poisons um and she's also doing that to pre- she's <clears throat> oh no wait she's not trying to she's doing build it in up case an immunity to, to the her. to the fey fruit is she or she's just using she that she is to yeah I think she's putting the poison or, in that so that to force herself to eat the poison. To eat it. Yeah, maybe. Because otherwise she wouldn't be able to stand it. Also, the way that Dane brings that to her attention, he's like, have you heard of whatever the fuck it's called? It's like the the terminology for slowly, slowly poisoning yourself so you have immunity to it. And she's like, no. He's like, look it up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's this moment that's like very small and it's between her and the mean kids. And um, Nicasia is saying to her, like, look, she just wishes that she could be like us. 
um, because you're mortal, like you reek of decay. You you exist so that you can die. Like you just want to be like us. How sad is that? And then in her head, and this was like where I related to her a lot. Jude thinks like, of course I want to be like you. Look at you. You're beautiful and immortal. Like who wouldn't want to be like you? Of course I want to be like you. Like that moment, I was like, oh, Jude. I liked that too. I liked that. I don't. I don't like a main character. I don't like a protagonist. That is pure self-confidence and pluck. No. I have said this before and I will say it again. So I like that she she loves Maddox and she wants his approval, but she also hates him and she does f- turn against him. I like that she hates the fairy people, but she wants to be them. I like that she doesn't always make great decisions and f- stumbles and falls and doesn't know what she's doing and keeps going but she never has like pure self-confidence she's never like standing totally strong against the fairy people she's never like no humans are better and i can feel it in my soul she's like so torn which is real. wants to go back real. to the human world and she wants jude to come with her and jude you would think would be like yeah get me the fuck out of here but because yeah. they were taken there at a younger age and they have a much more complicated relationship to it. Cause like we said, they couldn't just act out against being brought there because they could have been killed. Whereas Vivi what? didn't have to worry about it. And so Vivi could always keep the world at a distance, whereas they had to have a much more complicated relationship to it. What's well, also really interesting. It feels, uh, and this is going to, I don't know if this is intentional, but it does feel, and this book accurately captures what it feels like to, at least to me, to not be white in America, completely white in America, as you know, I'm half. Uh, but like to be to be told this is better, this is better. Look at how good this is. Look at how good this is. And to always strive to want to be that, even though it's impossible. Like you are working against a system. Like I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be just like an average white girl. That's what I wanted to be more than anything. I hated all the parts that made me different. And like I hated Vietnamese food. I hated um like Vietnamese uh you know, sometimes we would wear um alzai um for which is like a Vietnamese dress for special occasions. And I was so embarrassed of of the, those outfits and like that feeling of of like, you will never be this thing and this thing is so much better and of course you want to be this thing because we've told you your whole life that we're better and you believe it because, and you want anything, you will do anything, whether it be to, you know, to like do it in a in a peaceful way or or be like aggressive about it to try and be that thing because you only know the 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 system that's like been told to you. I don't know. I like this. Th- I I identified a lot with this main character, and then even when she, there's this moment where she's like talking about ambition, and um, because I would say one of my maybe like things that I'm proud of, but then also things that like cause me a lot of mental stress, <laughs> is my like intense ambition, and um, how that changes. Like your goalposts shift imperceptibly every second. So like when she's describing the moment that she's like, um, uh, I think it's when, oh, when she realizes, so then she starts working for Dane and she's like, oh, I want to like take all these people out and I want to, I want to like 
fucking destroy them. And she's like, oh, how strange it is that my ambitions have changed completely. Like like a month ago, I would have been happy just to be a knight. And now I want this other thing. And like that the, the me of like weeks ago would be completely shocked at where I am now. But like all I know right now is that I want more. And I thought that was like, I was like, oh, shit. That's <laughs> my poison in my body. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that for sure. It like it it makes it, it makes her willing to denounce whole parts of herself to survive and yeah. be closer to what they are. Cuz she doesn't want to go to the human world mm-hmm. with Vivi. And with the like goalposts goal posts moving it's like not even not even by choice no of course not it happens without you wanting it to circumstance and like random happenings like if she hadn't become a spy for prince dane she would have like happily gone with modok yeah and it would have been a completely different route yeah um yeah that's interesting um I found the part where oh, goody, it goody, turns goody. out it's Prince Dane and okay, not okay, okay. Cardin. Um, <clears throat> so this servant comes in. He's creepy. Also, when she was a kid, a guard <gasps> bit the tip of her ring finger off. So, like, she has truly been in danger and abused. So, la, la, la. Servant comes in. His name is Narbone. The prince is asking for you downstairs. Cardin, here? My heartbeat speeds. I can't think. Where? Narbonne looks surprised by my reaction. She didn't say Cardin out loud, by the way. In Maddox's study, I was just bringing him this. I grab the tray out of his hands and head down the stairs, intent on getting rid of Cardin as quickly as I can, any way that I can. The last thing I need is for Maddox to overhear my being disrespectful and decide I'll never belong at court. He is a servant of the Greenbrier line, sworn as surely as anyone. He would not like my being at odds, even with the least of the princes. Um, she enters the study. Prince Dane has several books lying open on the library table in front of him. Golden curls fall over his eyes, and the collar of his pale blue doublet is open, showing a heavy silver, heavy silver torque at his throat. I halt, aware of the colossal mistake I have made. He raises bo- both eyebrows. Sorry, I'm having trouble reading. Jude, I didn't expect you to be in such a rush. I sink into a low bow and hope he will think me only clumsy. Fear gnaws at me, sharp and sudden. Could Cardin have sent him? Is he here to punish me for my insolence? I can think of no other reason that honored and honorable Prince Dane, soon to be the ruler of fairy, would ask for me. Uh, I say, panic tripping my tongue. With relief, I remember the tray and indicate the decanter. Here, this is for you, my lord. He picks up an acorn and pours a little of this. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they always drink out of acorns. He picks up an acorn and will you drink with me i shake my head feeling completely out of my depth it will go straight to my head that makes him laugh well then keep me company a time of course blah 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 lifts his acorn (laughs) okay he lifts his acorn cup as if in salute i have refreshment enough what i require is conversation Perhaps you can tell me what made you storm in here. Who did you think I was? No one, I say quickly. My thumb rubs over my ring finger over the smooth skin of the missing tip. That's a nervous tick of hers. He sits up straighter as though I am suddenly much more interesting. 
I thought maybe one of my brothers was bothering you. I shake my head. Nothing like that. It's shocking, he says, as though he's given me, giving me some great compliment. I know humans can lie, but to watch you do it is incredible. Do it again. <laughs> do it again? Okay. <laughs> Anything for you. I feel my face heat. I wasn't. I do it again. He repeats gently. Don't be afraid. The gently, the gently. I mean, the details are there. The gently, the gently. Or the gently, I don't know. <laughs> Only a fool wouldn't be, despite his words. Prince Dane came here when Maddock was not at home. He asked for me specifically. He implied he knew about Carden. Perhaps he glimpsed us after the mock war, Carden jerking my head by my braid. But what does Dane want? I'm breathing too shallowly, too fast. Dane, about to be crowned the High King, has the power to grant me a place in the court. The power to gainsay Maddock and make me a knight. If only I could impress him, he could give me everything I want, everything I thought I lost my shot at. I draw myself up and look into the silvered gray of his eyes. My name is Jude Duarte. Duart? Duarte? Duarte. Duarte. I was born on November 13th, 2001. My favorite color is green. I like fog and sad ballads and chocolate-covered raisins. I can't swim. Now tell me, which part was the lie? Did I lie at all? Because what's so great about lying is the not knowing. And I was like, ooh, good answer. Yeah. Good little performance. Also, I liked that she was like, you're going to use me? I can use you. <laughs> I realize abruptly that he might not take any vow particularly seriously from me after that little performance. He looks pleased, though, smiling at me as if he'd found a rough ruby lying in the dirt. Now, he says, tell me how your father uses that little talent of yours. I blink, confused. Really? He doesn't? What a shame. The prince tilts his head to study me. Tell me what you dream of, Jude Duarte, if that's your true name. Tell me oh what you god, want. Oh my god, his study. And I was like, I can't. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just love someone that's, like, I, we stand a man that, like, clinically, like, <laughs> studies your face. <laughs> <laughs> we stand a clinically analytical man. <laughs> I just like that he's like very in control. I don't know. I like it. Mm -hmm. And I do. I like that he's not he's not really playing her. He's enlisting her, which is what she wants. Mm -hmm. She because he says, what do you want? And she she thinks my heart hammers in my chest and I feel a little lightheaded, a little dizzy. Surely it can't be this easy. Prince Dane, soon to be the high king of all fairy, asking me what I want. I barely dare answer, and yet I must. I I want to be your knight, I stammer. His eyebrows go up. Unexpected, he says, and pleasing. What else? I don't understand. And he... Uh, he's like, what do you want? She's like, to serve you. He's like, no, what do you want? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, And her instinct is that she wants to say, make me no longer mortal. Yeah. And then she's horrified at herself. And then because she'll still never truly be one of the folk. And so she instead uh, wishes to be able to resist enchantment so that the mean fairies can't control her. And he gives it to her, but with the exception that he can. And she's like, ah, she's like, mm, <laughs> yes, I knew there was a catch. Yeah. Uh, and she accepts it. And then unfortunately, the mean bullies don't 
need enchantment because then they give her the fae fruit and she gets drugged out of her mind and is happy to do whatever they want. That moment was so sad. Yeah. That moment is like definitely like eight or a fucking um, like kind of um, what's like roofie-ish. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because that moment was like one of the saddest moments because she's also describing it as it's happening so she's like very happy and like she's like oh what was i so upset about i'd love to take off my clothes like they're telling me to i'd love to kiss their feet like they're telling me to this is and they're so, so fun. cruel they're so beautiful and then like valerian's like stab yourself in the neck and everyone's like okay valerian <laughs> can we calm down please we need to we need to calm down and, and then of like, course okay, Cardin especially is like i'm putting a stop to that here, eat, i know then eat your salty ass blood you mortal bitch i love you yeah that's a- i love you so much I know, I know. So she's so she's like she's like, ugh, Cardin's like looking at me with like disgust, but also lust. We'll we'll circle back. Anyway, he hates me. <laughs> and then um he, uh Locke is like, I'll walk her home. And Cardin partly because he's like desperately in love with her, but also because he knows that Locke is not to be trusted, he's like, fine, and like pokes her in the fucking finger with a needle and she's like, ow, and sucks on it, salt in it, and she comes out of uh, the enchantment and then Locke just like walks her home but and then like pretends to be her boyfriend for a while and it's we fucking see right through and it's lame and it's frozen all over again oh it is a little like frozen and it's a little like um the bells yep I thought that too it's like mm-hmm. this is I don't like that trope yeah I mean here's the thing it it does it still it's, is I representative mean, that's, personal. that's a personal yeah. taste thing I don't personally enjoy that trope because I'm like I just I see it coming a mile away because I like angst and I like things getting in the way of like her and Cardin being together which this book does a great job of like keeping it keeping it pretty sexy because because mm-hmm. she and Cardin y- you know in the whole like will they won't they the second they start dating you're like okay boring <laughs> So, like, there's no danger of Jude and Cardin dating in this book. It yeah. does not occur. Um, they do have, okay, the description of when he does kiss her. I was like, hello? Because <laughs> he's disgusted with himself. Well, also, was like, oh, it's, my God. She kisses him. I know. Because she, she finally gets it. I, that's the other thing. Is I just, I love the... I love the Cardin end of things, and I hate the her like willfully pretending she doesn't get it. I yeah, like I know. The, I was the letter that we talked about. So okay, the letter. Oh. oh, that's how we circled back to Prince Dane. Right, Prince Dane enlists her as a spy. So, in her spying duties, she goes to Balkin's Manor, where Cardin also lives, and at the manor, she when she's skulking around, she finds a copy of Alice in Wonderland. And she's like, huh? And she's like, I want this. <laughs> yeah, so she takes it. it. And then all these other things happen. She witnesses Balekin just like beat the shit out of Cardin because he's horrible. And and she's like, oh no, he's been abused and I don't like seeing him be abused even as he abuses me. Ah! Yeah, yeah. And, and it's pretty messed up how he's being abused. It's really gross and it's, Cardin it's really could fight back and he just doesn't want to. Like, I thought the way it was shown to us by by the time Cardin is revealing himself to be like kind of just a little bitch 
and mm-hmm. not fully as cruel as he seemed throughout is the group is like this just vicious cycle of each of them encouraging the other. And while it seemed like Cardin was the leader, that actually wasn't the case. Valerian was cruel on his own. Nicasio was cruel was on like, her own. We need to talk about Kevin. Like Valerian was like yes. jacked up. <laughs> Valerian definitely wants to kill her. And what's made clear by the end was Cardin continually stopping all of them from crossing mm-hmm. the line when it came to Jude. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see that fully until the end where it's like, no, here are all the times where he prevented death. He doesn't want anyone to die. He doesn't want to, he has no ambition. He doesn't like it. He hates his family. He just wants to be able to like live and drink himself to death. Yeah. And so, so anyway, she goes, she sees the brutality. She goes home. She opens the book and this piece of paper falls out. <laughs> and on the piece of paper, in Cardin's hands, it's like just go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna add before you say what it is. It's like written so hard that it's like indenting the paper. Mm-hmm. It's like so. Like the marks are so thick, <laughs> and it's just her fucking name over and. Over again. And she's like, wow, he must really hate me to have (laughs) done this over and over so hard. And it's like, Jude, you stupid little idiot. You know that he's he wants to bone you. This is like Could you please stop being such an idiot? It's like this bitch finds a fucking mixtape and she's like, Wow, he really (laughs) hates me. It's like she found a mixtape and on it was just um, Aerosmith's um, I Don't Want to Close My Eyes. Oh, my God. And Dave Matthews Band crash into me. (laughs) And it just says Jude on it over on the label over and over again. And she's like, what does it mean? (laughs) She's like, he must the hatred that must have occurred for him to grip his pen so tightly to write my name. It's the dumbest. It's the fucking oh. dumbest shit. I was like, Jude, you're I'm smarter like, than this. Come on. You can't stop it. Don't. Stop the it and I don't. Did, the thing I <sighs> did like, to Jude's credit, so uh, the in the like hate, like hates is actually lust trope, usually the person's like, I hate their face. They're so ugly. And I in this, Jude is like, yeah, he's hot. Of course he is. <laughs> He's extremely no hot. He has, he has extremely chiseled cheekbones and like uh, really nice hair. Of course, yes, <laughs> he's, he's got hot. Like, really nice hair. <laughs> he's got like, very very hair. He's got a so little to tail. that end, I was like, <laughs> okay. tail betrays its emotions. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's tail. I was like, ew. <laughs> um. But so she uh in the basically the 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 big thing that happens is that uh at the coronation when everyone like so in plain sight uh Balkin and Maddock decide that they they're going to do their coup there it's a fucking bloodbath <laughs> it's like red wedding shit y'all it's like and also poor Jude, right? So she like sees her family getting ushered away so that they don't have to be there for it, but she's just there. <laughs> and Maddox was looking for her to take her away too, but she was off because she was 
being Dane's spy. Yeah, so she was trying to do her spy oh, stuff. Oh, she also has spy friends. Oh, yeah, the roach, the bomb, and the ghost. Mm-hmm. And they're fun. Yeah, um, they're kind of nothing, but... Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they were actually so nothing that they didn't bring more tropes into it. Honestly, and, and you and I have talked about this, I was really relieved that they were just kind of cool and nothing and whatever, because if it were, you know, three quarters of the way through the fucking book, we meet all these fucking new people that we're supposed to care about. I was like, I do not care. I do it's not care. Much. You can't make me fucking care about this. Especially if all of a sudden one of them was also in love with her. I'm oh, like, no. give me a break. No. I, can't. I, I can't. I'm already like at capacity, if not a little flowing over. <laughs> yeah, a little flowing over. So thankfully, they're just like friendly and kind of fun. Um, and like v- used sparingly. They are seasoning yeah. rather than an additional dish. Yes. And actually, I you know, when there was a, a chance that the ghost was going to die, like in the coup thing, I was like, oh, I actually don't really want the ghost to die. Yeah. Same. You know, whereas like, I'm sorry, but season seven of Buffy, when you show me all these new slayers, I could not oh my give God. a shit. I hate Kennedy. I want her to die. I know that Kennedy's there are Kennedy gotta be stands out there now and I don't understand what? you. I don't understand you. And I would like to know what happened to you in your life to make you this way. Because you're wrong. Kennedy's got to go, dog. Get rid of her. She is like Get rid of her. pressuring Willow. I hate it. Yeah. I know I hate it. And she also does not her. respect Willow. I hate the Slayers. They have no <sighs> respect for Buffy. She's I busting know. her ass for them. Anyway, season seven, we all know, has problems. Season seven has problems. I'm like, you're really going to spend time with these fucking new Slayers, meanwhile, or an Andrew. Meanwhile, Giles is over here yeah. getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> Honestly... I like when there were like extended scenes of just Slayer stuff and we're supposed to be watching these Slayers get killed by um, uh, the fucking cult or whatever. I could not care. I did not care. I was like, okay, mm, felt so nothing. they're dead. Felt I feel nothing. nothing. I feel nothing. So true. Like, I'm glad this book didn't do that because a lot of books do that. And it just seems kind of like a cheesy party. Like, it just seems like. Well, we've talked about how it's like. Or was this something else? We were talking about the night world in the soulmate. Yes. When you see everybody and it's kind of a who's who. Yeah. And it's like all of these irritating cameos that feel like they were written by a fan. Yeah. Or it's like very fan fan. It was like, what if they all hung out? Yeah. And what would they be like together? Yeah. You shouldn't write fanfic of your own work. You should just write your work. Or write your fanfic of your own work but keep it to yourself like if, keep it if in your that's heart. keep it in your <laughs> if, if that's the tone that's what i'm saying keep it, it should like, be that tone. just like you know like temper it temper the tone if they all have yeah. to like meet and hang out don't make it a look just uh, anyway anyway i didn't want it to be big like you said like a big party with it just like seems the dorky yeah. Anyway, so I'm glad that they wasn't. were like next to nothing, but that she had enough allies to want to keep her fighting against her father. Yeah. And it also gave her um, like the she she learned that she could get and this sounds not I mean, maybe this isn't the healthiest thing, but she also learned that she could get validation from somewhere outside of her father. Mm hmm. 
And she also, because all those people, the roach, the bomb, the ghost, they don't come from royalty. So she also was like, oh, they come from a world that like I don't even know about. Mm -hmm. And then I also liked that Cardin wasn't completely useless because yeah. he knows about the ins and outs of royalty and etiquette and she does not know that shit. Ew. So she has to team up with him at one point and I was kind of like, ha ha. Mm -hmm. I, was, <laughs> I liked it. I was enjoying that, but I was also glad that it didn't turn into like them fully having each other's backs. Oh no, they did not because yeah. she lied. She fucking betrays him. <laughs> I was shocked when that yes. happened. I when gasped. Like, I, so they're like getting together. Um, Wait, what? Where did I? Oh. <laughs> so I'm taking notes. Mm -hmm. Not in, in each case, I, I wasn't just highlighting this time. I was also adding a note. Mm -hmm. Here are my notes. I already said that. So I brought up that I like that one of their classes is the composition of riddles. Mm -hmm. My note was LOL. <laughs> um, when she, so she's hanging out with Locke and Locke is like, try on some of my mom's dresses for this hangout I'm having later. I was like, alert, alert. <laughs> bad, no, red flag, bad, red bad, flag. Bad, don't do this. <laughs> and she, she puts on the dress and she finds a little acorn inside. And then she takes it, says, impulsively, I tuck both knife and acorn into my tunic. And I wrote, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I turned out to be wrong about that. And then she figures out that the acorn contains a little note. And the note says, it's like a letter from Locke's mother. Yeah. And, or she assumes it's from Locke's mother. And she's like, oh, I'm dying of poison. Um protect the child at all costs. And she assumes it's Locke. And mm -hmm. which like in that moment, I feel like all of us were like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, no. And I thought it was Cardin. So I was very <gasps> wrong about that. I oh, wow. I didn't know who it was. That. I was just like, it's not Locke, you dink. I, yeah, <laughs> I, took, I took a note because she has, um, she, she writes, quickly, I head up the stairs toward the tower. I hold my breath as I pass Cardin's door, but luck is with me. It is shut tight. And at that moment, I was like, oh, shit, he's the boy. That's why he's so, um, like, weird. Yeah. And doesn't want any part of it. Anyway, I was very wrong. It was Oak. Oak was the boy. Which also that it tracked with Nikesi, or with um, Oriana's behavior. Mm-hmm. Because that's why she was so weird about Oak. She was so weird about the girls. She just was like, Oak's position was very precarious. And she had no real tie to Maddox. Because Oak is the heir of uh, Eldred. So basically, Eldred slept with um, Locke's mom. <laughs> well, basically everybody, yeah. And that was the other thing because Oriana used to be one of the consorts of Eldred too. And sh when she walks in and she thinks that um, that Dane and Jude are like fucking, but then Jude's like, no, I'm a spy, but I'm not going to tell you that. And she's like, look, it's not, safe to be a consort of Eldred. And at first you're just thinking she's being like, I liked the evolution of her relationship with, with Jude. And Jude, yeah. yeah. I, I liked the nuance of that as well. Cause that was another situation where it's like, well, once you know the full picture, her actions before are a lot more nuanced than I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a racist bitch. No, that's not what was happening. Yeah, is that she, she was, was like, like, she knew that they were pretty much fucked at court 
And so she wasn't constantly reminding them to be careful because she thought they were idiots. She was constantly reminding them to be careful because she was concerned that they wouldn't be careful. Yeah. It was it was genuinely protective and not about being like embarrassed. You know what part I cried at? Oh, what? Um, I like got well. I didn't like boohoo cry, but I got misty. Mm-hmm. Um, so the it's the moment before she talks to her about being a consort. So, uh, her hand is like hurting really bad, and Oriana comes in and sees her with Dane, and Dane leaves, and then she just like looks at her and then like hugs Jude. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, I don't know. I just I really yeah, wanted them she to, used have- to be a consort and she's afraid for her. And she her yeah. friend died because she was a consort because she got pregnant and Aldred didn't want the child messing up his line. And so was going to kill them both. Mm-hmm. And so Oriana, when her friend was dying, cut Oak out of her friend's stomach I and know. then raised him as her own, with Modok knowing the whole time. And so Modok's play against Eldred isn't about Balkin at all. It's because he's planning to then trick Balkin and crown Oak as king. And then, yeah, and then he's going to be regent. Mm-hmm. Which, and that's how his like actual personal power. He's not totally self selfless or anything, but no, he no, wants no. to put Oak on the throne so that he can be regent and basically rule the kingdom. Yeah. So this is the whole complicated, nuancy power play going on. Um. So the other note I took was when uh, um, Jude is finally getting it out of Garden, why he's such a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, is that all I demand? Because it's ridiculous. You can't be jealous of me. You don't have to live at the sufferance of the same person who murdered your parents. Oh, because Cardin's when he's trying to like not have to say that he wants to fuck her, he's... um. He's like, oh, I'm mean because I'm like jealous because you're like a human, but your dad is nice to you. Whereas like, I'm a fairy and my dad isn't. And she's like, fuck that. I know there's something else. And she says, that's really why you hate me. I demand only that. There's no better reason. Because he is now sworn to like tell her everything, I think, and be at her command. Also, he can't lie. And so he can't lie because he's very... For a moment, I think he's ignoring me, but then I realize he's not answering because he can't lie and he doesn't want to tell me the truth. Well, I say, lifting the crossbow again, glad to have a reason to reassert my position as the person in charge. Tell me. He leans in and closes his eyes. Most of all, I hate you because I can't, because I think of you often. It's disgusting and I can't stop. And I wrote, fucking finally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh my god thank you what uh, happened i was like i was like take it to the streets <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's that moment my other note was there's that moment where so there's that lake where you look in it you don't see your reflection you see the reflection of another person who's looked in the lake who has yeah who has either looked in it or has yet to look in it yeah mm-hmm. And she looks in it and she's always hoped to see her mother. And then it finally happens and it isn't at all what she thought it was going to be. As I stand, I catch my own reflection in the water. I look again and realize that it can't be me. The lake of masks never shows you your own face. I creep closer. The full moon is bright in the sky, bright enough to show me my mother looking back at me. She's younger than I remember her and she's laughing, calling over someone I cannot see. 
Through time, she points at me. When she speaks, I can read her lips. Look, a human girl. She appears delighted. Then Maddox's reflection joins hers, his hand going around her waist. He looks no younger then, but there is an openness in his face that I have never seen. He waves to me. I am a stranger to them. And I wrote, oh, that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that moment I was like, oh. (laughs) I I was like, oh, that's sweet. So yeah. like they actually saw her and waved at her. Yeah. And her. also I like that like we see that Maddox wasn't always what he is. Yeah. He truly loved the mother and he truly loved Jude's father. Mm-hmm. And they were like mm-hmm. probably having threesomes. Probably for sure. Uh-huh. For sure. And then he was like getting cucked more and more and he was like, oh, I guess mm. I'm just being left. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wakes up and they're gone and they took Vivian. He's like, mm, interesting. He's like, mm, ultimate cut. Okay. <laughs> I've been ulti cut. <laughs> so then um, the other note I wrote, this is when they're going to the castle to like enact Jude's plan, which we can mm-hmm. get into more specifically after this. Um, they're going to Cardin's house and they're both like dressed to the nines for the, for the new coronation. Cardin reaches for it. And because I've grown up in fairy, oh, he reaches for a knocker. And because I grew up in fairy, I am not entirely surprised into a scream when the door's eyes open. My prince, it says. My door, he says in return with a smile that conveys both affection and familiarity. It's bizarre to see his obnoxious charm used for something other than evil. And I wrote, cute. Yeah, it's, it's cute. a cute little I like that he's, he's like, like, hi, my door. I know. I know. I thought I thought it was cute. And I also liked that he like is genuinely very charismatic and like really knows how to work like the game of course. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, Cardin tucks my arm firmly through his before striding into the entryway. And I feel a rush of warmth as I match his step. I can't afford to be less than ruthlessly honest with myself against my better judgment. Despite the fact that he is terrible. Cardin is also fun. I, I was like, I like that nuance. That. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I also love the moment where she and and look, Taryn, I feel you, girl. But also, it's not great what you did to your sister. And that was yes. the other thing that I loved, too, was that she was like, I don't care about Locke. I care that you hurt me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Locke gets all fucking egotistical about it. He's like, I heard you fought over me. She's like, go fuck yourself. I'm about to take over the kingdom. Also, um, using your friend. It, the like one of my favorite just you know big mistake moments was uh when she walks in with the fucking prince Cardin and Taryn you know has like go- is gonna be with Locke who is he's like not a prince he's like a like a lord or something mm-hmm. and both Locke and Taryn's faces when they see her with <laughs> with uh Cardin is just like wow very satisfying. <laughs> it was so satisfying. I was like, yay. <laughs> oh, also like the the outfit picking out the the fabric for their dresses. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a cute moment too where like Oriana, so they're getting ready, they're getting their outfits for the big ball. This is before. And Oriana's like, girls, attend me. <laughs> and, and Jude and Taryn are like, what? <laughs> so they just follow her. And then they're getting fitted for their dresses and uh, Jude is very attracted to this like fabric that has like a design of like foxes and birds and stuff on it. And then Taryn's like, can I have that one? And Jude's like, 
fine. I don't care. I'll just have this like velvet. But then they get their dresses <laughs> and her dress is so fucking nice. And then Taryn's like, that's not the one you ordered. And then Jude's like, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just got this really amazing dress. Which I guess it was <laughs> Prince Dane. I think it was Dane. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I thought Which, that was again, fun because I was like, fuck you, Taryn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also like we stand a man that will like send you a beautiful dress. That's like more <laughs> suited to your beauty. <laughs> yes, it's like he knows yes. whether you're a summer or a winter. Because it also has pockets for like, like and straps for like all of her knives and shit. Yeah. That Which was a tight. good touch. It was a good touch. Um... Here's, okay, so sorry, back to what you were saying. Oh, I, I was finished with that card in moment, but in a different moment, this is when she's interacting with the ghost, and I just wanted to read this because I think it's a good example of just the good writing mm-hmm. and the character work. Um, and the character consistency, too, and the fact that, like, the ghost is there and a part of things, but, like, kind of beside the point. Who's the ghost? That's the guy who teaches, the the spy who teaches her how to sneak. Oh, oh, right, right, right. The ghost, the ghost. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of an actual ghost, and I was like, what? <laughs> you know that ghost okay, yes, in that chapter ghost. that you missed. Yes. Um, yes. After what feels like an agonizingly long time, a doorway opens. The ghost is standing in it, and beyond him is the High King's wine cellar. He makes a small bow. This is your shortcut, I ask. He winks. If a few bottles happen to fall into my satchel as we pass through, that's hardly my fault, is it? I force out a laugh, the sound creaky and false in my ears. I'm not used to one of the folk including me in their jokes, at least not outside my family. I like to believe that I am doing okay here in Fairy. I like to believe that even though I was drugged and nearly murdered at school yesterday, I am able to put that behind me today. I'm fine. But if I can't laugh, maybe I'm not so fine after all. Yeah, I loved that moment. I loved that. Yep. Because it just so, I don't know, it just so beautifully conveys like, her state her of mind yeah. and her that's a moment that's a really good example of a writer conveying the truth like the true feelings of a character without the character being an idiot yeah and not realizing it herself it's it's just like it's, it's a good yeah. way of her being brave but also recognizing how depressed she is yeah yeah because she's like just self-reflective enough mm-hmm. uh and but while like really deftly like showing us the the underneath it all mm-hmm. of it which is cool um so the the coup occurs everyone's bloody oh. and like stabbed a million times before we get to this because it's such a huge part of the plan vivi is going to leave fairy oh yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to live in the human world because she has a girlfriend. And the mm-hmm. girlfriend doesn't know she's a fucking fairy. Also, it was so funny when the girlfriend's like, oh, does your dad not know that Vivi's bi? And, and Jude's like, uh, that's like Among not other even things. on the list. <laughs> she's like, that's not even like he does not care about that. They're like, <laughs> um, yeah, he's just like really fundamentalist <laughs> yeah yeah they're like he's really religious and conservative and, um, he, that's why you haven't met him and yeah, heather's like so i'm funny. just really excited to meet some of um what she calls her a different nickname and they're like excuse oh yeah i forgot her and what Taryn, it is and i yeah i can't remember what it is vi maybe and it, yeah i think it's vi and it's also like it just so much reveals like this whole world that vivi has yes. 
apart from them and and how like different a person she is on the outside. And like Jude admits like she's like, you know, Vivi's selfish, but like she's still really easy to love, which is Mm -hmm. so relationships are so good. Vivi's mad at them for acclimating, but she doesn't understand how much worse it is for them. She doesn't understand the 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 ramifications of them not acclimating because mm-hmm. she is selfish. But she, she's fake. What she, all she wants is for them to leave with her because mm-hmm. she does love them. And so at the end of the book, she's she's telling Jude, like, leave with me. Modoc's taken over. Everything's chaos. We got to get saying Modoc. Modoc. Maddox. Modoc. Maddox is is like his his back to coup. She's like, let's leave. We're living in the human world. You'll live with me. Heather will be fine with it. We have roommates. Great. Mm. And she's like, give me your answer in 24 hours. And Jude's like, okay, I have a slightly different answer. I hope you're cool with it. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, anyway, continue with what you were saying, just because that's such a big part of the plan. Yes. So so Jude is like, uh, witnesses basically everybody killing Eldrin. By basically it's Balekin and, and and Maddock mostly. And then stabbing him all a bunch. of their sisters and brothers killed because they refused to crown Balekin. And then it so then it because basically the only person that can crown the next because of the properties of the crown, uh because it's Mab's crown, uh the only person that can crown the next ruler has to be of the blood line. So now it just leaves Balkin and um, Cardin as the only ones who can either be crowned or crown somebody else. And um, Cardin's like, my, and like backflips away and like is not involved. <laughs> well, Jude <laughs> so saves him. Jude pulls his drunk ass out of there. He's drunk as hell and, and she pulls him underneath the table. <laughs> and he's like, and <laughs> they, uh, she's like, I have to deal with this. Like, you guys need to oh but at the beginning of the party um uh when she arrives with Cardin because Cardin's a wanted man um and uh Maddock is like you need to deliver Cardin to me and she's like mhm and then she arrives at the party and he's like no like privately not at the party <laughs> and she's like and mm-hmm. she's she's like mhm uh and then she's like oh would you like some wine and she pours a glass of white wine and red wine and she lets him and choose he chooses. She drinks the other one. And then the party goes on. Um, and then a lot of people get killed. And then she runs uh, up to like uh, the some private chamber and fights Maddox. And it is not looking good because he is he's Maddox. He's so much stronger than her. He's trained her. And while she's been training, yes, he's still like the fucking general of all of fairyland. So he's like fighting, fighting, and then he gets like kind of woozy on his feet, and he's like, "Wait, you?" And she's like, "Yeah, I poisoned you." And he's like, "How'd you know which one I would take?" She's like, "Bitch, I've been poisoning myself for months. I feel great. I drank poison too. You just <laughs> are a weak, really pussy ass bitch." <laughs> and yum, he like yum, falls more over. Poison, please. <laughs> and I don't think he's dead. He's just no. He's just incapacitated. It doesn't kill him because he's fairy, right? So he's incapacitated. And so she runs off and because if he remains regent, 
the kingdom will just continue to go on as usual. And she wants to set up a better world for humans. Because there was also this horribly sad moment where <gasps> oh my God. she rescues a human servant from Balkin's manor, wakes the girl up by giving her salt. The girl is fucking horrified at all of these memories of being enslaved. And it's all this stuff that like Jude could not even possibly imagine because like, yes, while she is being treated poorly, she knows nothing of the uh, injustice that like these people have been experiencing. And so, so it's a very like in the house versus outside of the house kind of. Yeah. Vibe. And so she grabs her, convinces Vivi to fly her back to the human world so she can reunite with her family. And she keeps saying like, I don't know if I can live with all of these memories. Please don't let me go back there. I can't stand it. When they're flying back, she just jumps off of, their horse thing into a lake or an ocean or something. And her pockets are full of rocks. She had been like filling her pockets full of rocks and and Jude was kind of like, oh, okay. And I was impressed by that because I wasn't really thinking anything of it either. Me neither. In fact, I actually didn't even notice it when she falls down. I had to go back and I was like, oh, damn, she was filling her damn pockets with rocks. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, when they go to the fucking castle to carry out their secret plan to put Oak on the throne, but then secret him away, she sees her there. Her name is like Sophie or Sophia. Oh my God. Because whoever rules the fucking lake or ocean now re-enslaved her. Yeah, they like reanimated like, her corpse oh, and no. re-enslaved her. It was so fucked up. And then, so so then she's like, okay... Uh, do do they then go into hiding again? And then she's like, "All right, we're gonna do it. Like, we're gonna do the plan of like putting the crown on Oak, and then uh, Carden's there." <laughs> oh yeah, so they're carrying everything out. She has told Carden that he has to pledge himself to her, and for a year, and he and says a day. like for a year and a day, and not a minute more. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Great, works for me." <laughs> And she's trying to like get garner support from like some of the smaller lordlings to have to back um, Oak's play or her play for Oak, right? But she kind of sells it as Carden being king because she doesn't want to give away that Oak exists right now or that Oak has the power that he does. So she's like, "Yeah, Carden, Carden," and and it, at first she tries on her own without Carden's. <laughs> advice and it goes terribly because she knows nothing about how she's to court nobles <laughs> and then he helps her and she's like oh okay and so she does get some some support they have the big meeting where they're like okay we're gonna put the crown on oak and the crown's flying every which way and then ghost actually accidentally gives the crown to fucking taryn because he because jude is twins. not in the right place and they're <laughs> twins that was a good touch i thought so it's like yeah. kind of chaos she's trying she's like give me the crown <laughs> give me the crown tara yeah. give me the crown yep and so she oh yeah she convinces her to hand the crown to oak and this was part of the plan oriana's in on the plan everyone's in on the plan she calls carden over carden thinks what's going to happen is he's going to take the crown and put it on oak's head mm -hmm. and he kneels and he like smiles at Jude or something. And she thinks something like, 
he smiled at me, not yet knowing or still thinking I was on his side. And I was like, what? I know. I was like, Jew. What's about to go down? And then like the little boy, Oak, he's like, so I do what I'm supposed to do. And then you're like, what's he supposed to do, Jude? What's going on, Jude? What are you doing? (laughs) And let me see if I can find that moment because I was honestly shocked. And I, I was, was so like, shocked. really sad for Garden because the agreement was that he just gets to go and live in a house and never see any of these people again. Yes. I also like, and I love a moment, like it was a very like kill the cat moment of Jude. You think that she's just like doing, this is where her ambition is like, has 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 pushed her kind of on, on the wrong side because she is now so far in it in this quest for power. That you're kind of like, Jude, this is not good, Jude, what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. you said you were going to do this other thing. But she wants to help create um, a fairy kingdom that isn't subjugating humans. And so, like, basically, she's she's like doing the thing of like for it's a like country before. You know what I mean? Like, um, she like doesn't want to in the grave, but like well, kind of um, it's like children of blood and bone duty before yeah whatever yeah <laughs> Why can't I yeah so so they've got the crown now i gather oak close to me and put the crown into his hands so that he can see it so that he can get used to holding it vivi pats him encouragingly on his back bring me the crown Carden, balekin says prince Carden turns on his elder brother the same cool and calculated gaze with which he has regarded so many other creatures before he's torn the wings from their back before he's cast them into rivers or sent them from the court entirely no brother i do not think that i will i think that if i did not have another reason to cross you i would do it for spite oak looks up at me searching for confirmation that he's doing okay in the face of all this shouting i nod with an encouraging smile show oak i whisper to carton Show him what he's supposed to do. Kneel down. They're going to think oh he starts, but I interrupt him. Just do it. And Cardin thinks he's supposed to like mirror for Oak what's about to happen. Yeah. Cardin kneels and a hush goes, goes through the crowd. Swords are returned to sheaths. Mo- movement's slow. Oh, this is amusing, says Lord Roybin in a low voice. Who might that child be or whose? He and Queen Annette share a very unseely smile. See, Cardin says to Oak, and then makes an impatient gesture. Now the crown. I look around at the lords and ladies of fairy. Not one of their faces is friendly. All of them appear wary, waiting. Balekin's expression is wild with fury, and he pulls against the bolt as though he might rip his hand in half before he allowed this to happen. Oak takes a hesitant step toward Cardin, then another. Phase four, Cardin whispers to me, still believing we're on the same side. I was like, What's going on? I think of Maddox dozing away upstairs, all his dreams of murder. I think of Oriana and Oak being forced apart for years. I think of Carden and how he will hate me. I think of what it means to make myself the villain of the piece. I was like, what? What? What's going on? (laughs) The next full minute, I command you not to move, I whisper back. Carden goes utterly still. Go ahead, Vivi says to Oak, just like we practiced. And with that, Oak puts the crown down on Cardin's head to rest on his brow. I crown you, Oak's little kid voice is uncertain. King, high king of fairy. His eyes goes, go to Vivi, to Oriana. He's waiting for one of them to tell him he did well, that he is done. 
People gasp, blah, blah, blah. Cardin looks at me with helpless rage. Then the full minute of my command up, he rises slowly to his feet. The fury in his eyes is familiar, the glitter of them like banked fire, like coals burning hotter than flames ever could. This time I deserve it. I promised he was going to be able to walk away from the court and all its manipulations. I promised he would be free from all this. I lied. <laughs> Dude, can you read the like last part of the epilogue? Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not going to turn out well. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh-oh. And then I bought the second book. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read it yet? I started reading it. It's good. That's funny. I'll uh, I'll let you know how I feel about it after it's over. So her plan is like, so now Vivi takes off with Oak with the plan that Cardin will crown Oak when he's older. Because he needs to learn how to like be a person. And she doesn't want, yeah, she wants him to learn what it is to be human so that he isn't, Mm -hmm. you know, racist. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want Maddox acting as regent during that time. That's what Cardin thought was going to happen. He was going to crown Oak. Um, Maddox would stand his region while Oak took off to the human world. And Cardin's was, was going to get to party and be drunk all the time. Yeah. So she comes into his like throne room. Mm-hmm. This is after. Mm-hmm. I find him there lounging on the throne of fairy, looking out from the dais. The room is empty except for us. My footfalls echo as I move across the floor. Cardin is dressed in breeches. A waistcoat and another coat over that, fitted in his shoulders, tapered in sharply at the waist, and falling to his mid-thigh. All of these clothes descriptions. The cloth mm-hmm. is uncut velvet and a deep burgundy with ivory velvet at the lapel, shoulders, and waistcoat. This woman is just like a fan drawing her own OCs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know what? Fine. good. Fine. Stitching in golden thread covers the whole, matched by golden buttons and golden buckles on his tall boots. I will say that my like visual ability is kind of low and so i would kind (laughs) of tune out during these parts but i'm like that sounds pretty but i cannot fully picture it it's just like not something my brain can do very Mm. well at his throat is a ruff of pale owl feathers his black hair falls in opulent curls around his cheeks and i was like oh i forgot he had dark hair (laughs) Yeah, The shadows bring out the sharpness of his bones, the length of his lashes, the merciless beauty of his face. I am horrified by how much he looks like the king of fairy. I am horrified by my own impulse to bend my knee to him, my own desire to let him touch my head with a ringed hand. What have I done? (laughs) For so long, there was no one I trusted less, and now I must contend with him, must match my will to his. His oath does not seem enough of an antidote against his cleverness. What in the world have I done? I keep walking, though. I keep my expression as cold as I know how. He's the one who smiles, but his smile is colder than any stiff face could be. A year and a day, he calls out. Blink, and that will be over. And what will you do then? I draw closer to him. I hope I can persuade you to remain king until Oak is ready to return. Maybe I will acquire a taste for ruling, he says coolly. Maybe I won't ever want to give it up. I don't think so, I say, although I've always known that was one possibility. I've always known that removing him from the throne might be harder than putting him there. I have a bargain with him for a year and a day. I have a year and a day to come up with a bargain for longer than that, and not for one minute more. His grin widens, shows teeth. I don't think I will be a good king. I never wanted to be one, certainly not a good one. You made me your puppet. Very well, Jude, daughter of Maddox. I will be your puppet. You rule. You contend with Baelkin, with Roybin, 
with Orla of the Undersea. You be my seneschal, 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 seneschal. Yeah. Do the work, and I will drink wine and make my subjects laugh. I may be the useless shield you put in front of your brother, but don't expect me to start being useful. I expected something else, a direct threat perhaps. Somehow this is worse. He rises from the throne. Come, have a seat. His voice is replete with danger, lush with menace. The flowering branches have sprouted thorns so thickly that petals are barely visible. This is what you wanted, isn't it? He asks. What you sacrificed everything for. Go on. It's all yours. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, Jude. What'd you do? <laughs> yeah, you have to fight. You have to keep fighting. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. But it will be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I really liked this book. Um, but I do see that like, if you don't really like uh, fantasy, there's like some stuff that you have to kind of bypass. Um, but I really liked it. I would say uh, read this book. Yeah, I would say it's it's very well written, but it does like it is hard fantasy, modern fantasy tropes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it mm -hmm. does it well. So what are you gonna mm -hmm. do? What are you gonna What do? are you gonna do? Maybe read it. Maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um. Let me see here. Oh, we cannot share what the yeah, we can. next book is. Wait, we mm -hmm. can. I'll just Wait, read it before it? we release this episode. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then we can. Yeah. So next week, we are reading The Body by Carol Ellis. Mm-hmm. So back um, to horror. Back to horror. Back to horror. Um, so we're going back to that. Thank you to everybody uh, who donates on our Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. You help keep us alive. Uh, and a big special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you. Aaron Fernandez. Amanda Nengel. Aaron Dwyer. Ashley Fritz, Fairmore, Courtney McPhail, Emily Pooley, Gabriela Santiago, Gianna Fernandez, Grace Armstrong, Jeremy Cronk, Jessica Smith Harper, Jonathan Venable, Jordan Cole, Karen Lewis, Kat Miller, Katie Lilly, Katie Olson, Kelly Burns, Chris Dorina, Andre Desmond, Laura Hooper, Bonnie Martin, Luke Bartek, Mandalay Walshlager, Mariana Terzakis, Melody, Megan Lozier, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly Marks, Oscar Gallegos, Pamela, Randy Clutt, Rashad Black, Ro Kalahua, Sersha Descaro, Sarah, Sarah Jaggers, Sarah Nichelle, Sarah Wallace, Sasha Gibson, Shannon Pickens, Sydney Bollinger, Tristan Buckner, Victoria Beck, Victoria Valdez, and Wendy Bartos. Thank you. I feel like <laughs> this is so funny, cruel to say, but like <laughs> if Wendy, if you ever cancel your Patreon producer <laughs> subscription. It's going to feel so empty and weird without saying I know. Name. <laughs> the world will change as we know. It'll it. end on Victoria Valdez, which is lovely. It's just, it's going to feel so different. It's just going to feel so different. Um, so I guess you have to keep <laughs> Just know That's like your I'm place saying. in the I'm world. I'm just saying that you're you know? never allowed to stop giving us money. Just kidding. <laughs> you're always allowed to stop giving us money. Please take care just of yourselves kidding. first. Yourselves first. Mm -hmm. You come first. It's like when you're and on an airplane, us, and then your you children. You need to put the oxygen on your face first. Yeah, and then you attend to your children. We are your children. Yeah, we're your children. Mm -hmm. Um. So thank you so much, everybody. We really, really appreciate mm -hmm. it. Follow us on everything at Teen Creeps Pod. If you would like to support the podcast in a non-monetary way, which um, it's absolutely fine. We appreciate it just as much. Please tell. 
the people you know to listen to it. Anybody you think would like this podcast, please let them know it exists. Yeah. And you can also rate and review us on iTunes. Um, (laughs) I would just like to bring this up, and I feel fine bringing this up because apparently this person does not listen to the podcast. But we got the funniest. And I don't typically read our iTunes reviews just because I, I like don't want to send myself down a spiral for any bad reviews right, that are left. For sure. And everybody feel free to be as honest as you want. Although I don't understand anybody who leaves less than a five-star review yeah. <laughs> or bothers yeah. Yeah. writing a review if they don't like the show. But whatever, that's that's your choice. Somebody left a review who hasn't who's like, I've never listened to the podcast, so sue me. But I'm rating it one star and writing a bad review because I'm sick of hearing their ads on other podcasts that I do listen to. (laughs) (laughs) When it's like, just hit the 30 seconds forward. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I hope, you know what? God bless. I hope that you're free of us someday. I hope Mm -hmm. so. Um, I truly think there's like nothing more unhinged than like a three star review. Like <laughs> you have no strong opinions either way, and yet you need to leave your mark. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, there's a darkness there. I, I don't, I don't want to explore that. <laughs> I don't want to touch it. It's no. It, I might get too close and get sucked in. Yeah, lest it consume me. Very funny as well. You can just like uh, stop listening. <laughs> yeah, you can just stop listening because actually, no review does the same thing as a one star, and like, but isn't mean. <laughs> very funny but i typically don't read the reviews i forget why i was even looking oh yeah i just went to look to see how many reviews there were and then of course like i got i got sucked in as one right to do Um, as one tends to do but anyway everything's fine that was just very very funny to me it was very funny i thought it was very hilarious um so that's that's all the biz check out next week the body by carol ellis and uh in the meantime wear a mask Social yeah. distance if you can financially. Um, stay healthy. Black Lives Matter. Don't vote for Trump. Do vote for Joe Biden. Look, is he um, the hero we deserve? How does that work? Anyway, he's not. I don't like him, but vote for him. Yeah. Uh, and keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.